This is Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my God! Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like it! Players, coaches, insiders, and of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy duddies! Now, here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason. Horsin' Around after what can kindly be said as the Broncos' most deflating loss of the season, probably the most damaging loss of the season given what was on the line at this point in terms of the postseason, how results were shaking down from the early games and whatnot. I'm Andrew Mason here getting ready to catch my flight back to Denver, joined by Ryan Edwards, who watched the whole thing from back in Colorado. He's already done a Facebook Live on Orange and Blue 760. You can go watch that on the Orange and Blue 760 Facebook page. Dude, I mean, we've got to have words for this. We've got to describe it, but it's hard. It's This, this loss defies description at times for how bad it was for the Broncos. I mean that's a, that's a great way to put it, and a lot of a lot of the fans that uh, were reacting on the Facebook Live that we've been interacting with on Twitter, and you know I tweeted out earlier that this is one of the most frustrating games I've ever watched for the Broncos because they were taking on an opponent that that they they really had so many better matchups for, and 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 yet it seemed like either through game plan or scheme or execution, they just kept putting themselves in in the worst possible situations, whether it was consistently in third and long or having to force themselves to go for fourth down so many times in the second half to the the goal line when you're first and goal at the one and you go four straight passes. I mean, there were just so many things about this game that that felt borderline avoidable at times to put yourself in, in this situation. And it was a game considering what happened around the rest of the league that they de- desperately had to have. I mean, they probably needed to have it anyways, but but with what happened in the league, they, they had to keep pace. And again, it's a 2-10 team. And the 49ers, they came out and they just wanted it more. It, it felt like that from the very beginning of the game. And the, the Broncos, um, I, I mean, maybe they were the more talented team, but they certainly didn't play like it. Yeah, and we know that the Broncos have obviously taken some hits injury-wise, losing Emmanuel Sanders, losing Chris Harris Jr., but that can't be construed as an excuse because if you look at what damaged the Broncos most in this game, maybe I should just say who damaged the Broncos most, and it was tight end George Kittle. And how often is Chris Harris Jr. covering a tight end? Yeah. And if they could have just contained the damage from George Kittle, you're probably talking about a win regardless of everything else. But there he is with 210 yards on seven receptions in the first half, wide open time after time after time. And if the Broncos can't somehow get back and make the postseason, when we're writing the autopsy on this year, we're going to uh, look at George Kittle shredding the Broncos as one of the primary causes of death in the end. Well, I mean, in the end, the, the, the 49ers only have certain ways they can attack you. I mean, we, we, we that's the, the tough thing about it is it's not like we didn't cover George Kittle during the course of the week. 
Uh, we said, look, there, there, there's certain ways that the 49ers are going to try to attack you. And you and I went through and did a bunch of research on how many times they like to target running backs and tight ends, yes. especially with Nick Mullins. And, and so it, it, it just the frustrating thing about it, and I said this right at the beginning of the Facebook Live, is the first thing about it is you, know, you go over these things. We go over these things over multiple points of the, the week, and yet you get to this game, and George Kittle has 210 receiving yards in the first half. And you're just going like, my goodness, guys. I mean, did, uh, it, it's it's just it's that's the recipe. George Kittle's their number one guy, and, and and it's relatively not close. And and teams that have slowed down George Kittle, uh, they found ways to get other guys involved, but it hasn't equated to wins. When they win, George Kittle is is a big part of the reason why. And, and, I mean, we can get to the that's, – that's the defensive side. The offensive side had plenty of problems too. But on the defensive side, if you want to point to Chris Harris, maybe it's some of the communication in the back end, and that was part of the problem. But, uh, boy, they, they were way out of sorts uh, in their, with the defensive backs today when it came to covering the tight end especially. No doubt about that. Just unable to contain Kittle. And then beaten at times by Dante Pettis. Of course, he has that final – catch on the uh, third down on the last drive one of two third down receptions that end up finishing off the Broncos in the end what was interesting Ryan is that I asked Sua Cravens point blank okay what changed after halftime because defensively they did contain the 49ers after the break and he said zone coverage we came out in zone and maybe yeah. that's what the Broncos simply have to do going forward in this season, knowing that they're facing at least another couple of games without Chris Harris Jr., Tremaine Brock is injured, Isaac Yadam was uh, hurt in this game. Maybe that's just what the Broncos have to do to try to get by here for the next couple of games to try and survive. Well, and it came up multiple times. We talked about, uh, you know, what what are the Broncos secondary going to have to do differently without Chris Harris in the lineup? And we talked about playing some cover two. We talked about playing some zone. And, and really not giving up any big plays. And, and you know, that, that's what's, again, you know, you're like with the 49ers, like make them work for it. You know, they don't, they don't have uh, the players in this case that I, I, mean, I felt like the Broncos had the ability. If, if the 49ers had to work their way long drives down the field, the Broncos were going to win that. I mean, that, that's the way I felt about it. It's what you couldn't give up was, was any kind of the deep pass or any kind of the long plays. And, and that's that that ended up uh, being being the case obviously with that long kittle touchdown uh, to sort of break things open now again on the offensive side of the ball that you know when we talk about complementary football all the time with the Broncos uh, the offense needed to do their part too the 49ers defense had had not been great against the run against the pass um, and, and you know case Keenum today another sub 60 percent passing performance. Um, 60% completion passing performance, and then on top of that, only averaging 4.4 per completion. Mm. Um, that's that's significant, Mace. I mean, we, we absolutely have to touch on that. Yeah, the vertical passing game just wasn't there. And, the, and obviously the consistency in the passing game wasn't there either, but, man, it was like after that first attempt to Cortland Sutton, remember first play offensive play of the game for the Broncos they're down three nothing they take the field and they take that shot to Cortland Sutton and he almost comes up with an acrobatic one-handed catch but then from that point forward not too much from the vertical passing game at all it was all it was horizontal it was also Case Keenum kind of running for his life at times 
out there. Flushed out of the pocket. The, the yes. 49ers had a great interior pass rush at times today. And Keenum's flushed out, trying to escape, just trying to get the ball away to avoid a big loss. Oh, yeah. The, the, their defensive line got pushed all day on the Broncos' offensive line. It's, it's amazing, actually, because this, this game for the offensive line, and we'll, we'll end up getting a chance to, to look at the pro football focus grades and the, the total pressures, all that. But this is what the offensive line I expected to look like once you lost so many of your interior guys. Yeah. But they've been performing better than, than this, but this is what I expected it to look, where Case Keenum didn't have a, a, a oftentimes clean pocket, couldn't step up. He obviously had to use his legs a lot more today than he has over the course of the season. That's not such a bad thing because Case Keenum tends to work better that way. But but he he wasn't settled, and again, you know they, they were having to accept a lot of really short underneath passes. And you know he didn't throw an interception today. I guess that's that's good in that respect. But again, um, he, he, we talked about it all throughout the off season. You have to have a quarterback that throws north of sixty percent in the league. It, it's just something you have to have. And Casey's gone four straight games now, sub sixty percent passing. And and then again, you know that four point four average just I mean kind of just screams about how the offense really, really could not uh, push the uh, 49ers defense uh, back at all. Everything was played inside of the sticks um, and even shorter than that, really. So uh, they couldn't get the the, the rushing attack going. They only had, what, 65 yards of total offense in the first half? Yeah, when the Niners had 311. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, and then they had six uh, six straight punts, six straight punts before. So they, they punted it the entire first half. They had a punt coming out of halftime, and then they finally put together that touchdown drive, which included a couple of fourth down conversions. I mean, it was just uh, from the offensive standpoint. You're, you're right. We opened with George Kittle, but from the offensive standpoint, they didn't. They clearly didn't do their job either. Two of fifteen on third downs today. Oof. Two of fifteen, and a stat that I put. In my Why It Happened story on DenverBroncos.com, the first eight third downs that they had, and that included a play that saw the Broncos maintain possession on a penalty. The first eight third downs, the average yardage to gain needed was 9.8. So they were in third and long time and time again, which shows that you're not getting the job done on first and second down, which goes to the running game, which was not what you needed to be today, with uh, Philip Lindsay struggling, only averaging 2.1 yards per carry. Some good runs by Royce Freeman, but you know he had that 23-yarder, and, and on the other five attempts had, uh, I believe, 13 yards. The running game just did not get any consistent push, any consistent effectiveness, and you point out the offensive line. Struggling in pass pro, Struggled in run blocking as well. The 49ers dominated the line of scrimmage. Yep, all for the for the entirety of the day, and really, um, other than that 23 yards uh, run from Royce Freeman, which was a really nice run, mm-hmm. uh, and, and also the longest play of the day for the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, it's just yeah, I know, and that said, that says a lot there too. That was their only 20 20 plus yard play. Uh, it just kind of tells you everything you need to know yep. about the game. And uh, I mean, we'll we'll throw some hats tomorrow. Clearly, we're gonna we're gonna. But there are some tip caps. I mean, really quick. I, I thought Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton uh, both played with a lot of heart. Especially, uh, I mean, they both they both came up with some some pretty impressive catches. Um, I, I by the way, I was wrong. Tim Patrick had a 20, 21 yard uh, catch, but um, so they had a couple. But but really, I mean, it just you know those, those two plays. 
but Tim Patrick, I thought, had um, he, he he was kind of what I hoped it would be. You know, for me, I, I was making the argument about starting him on the outside, and I know he got extra run with Cortland Sutton, got hurt for a little bit there, but um, I, I thought he he played really well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned those two. On the defensive side, I'll also tip a cap to Derek Wolf, who was, yeah. despite the pain, was making plays against the run. And, you know, the 49ers didn't really beat the Broncos on the ground. Now, they clearly wanted to run the ball, and they were above that magic 45% number that I mentioned in terms of their per- the percentage of plays that they're on the ground. They were over 45%. That takes them to 8-3 and three under Kyle Shanahan when they – Run more than forty-five percent of the time, and one and seventeen when they don't. So they got there, but their longest run was eleven yards, and the ground game for them wasn't very effective on a consistent basis. So tip your cap to uh, Derek Wolf and some guys up front that made plays, and I'm sure we'll get into Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, both of whom balled out today. They did, they did. I mean, Von Miller's um, offsides penalties that ended up getting him pulled for a moment. During the game, I think he was trying to time um, the snap, though. I, I, I don't. Yeah. That's it's one of those things where I don't get too upset because there are times when he does anticipate the snap and allows him to make plays. So that's just part of his game. You take the good with the bad on that. No, I, I, I'm not hammering him for it, but for me, it becomes kind of indicative of a lot of other problems that they had. You know, it's like it didn't directly contribute to the loss, but it also felt a bit at times of just the. Uh, the lack of focus yeah. in the game, and that's so. So for me, it's like okay, well, that's not the one thing that lost the game for them, but they all kind of played with a little bit of lack of focus, and that ultimately, you know, led to the loss in the game. And and, and that first, the first half. I mean, again, you you held them scoreless in the second half. That that's what I'm saying with the 49ers. They they were going to give the ball away because they always give the ball away, and they threw an interception. Uh, I mean, it just. That there, there were so many ways that the 49ers let the Broncos back into this game, yeah. and that's what's that's why I felt like this is one of the most frustrating games. It's one thing to lose to the Jets, and that was a bad game. That was a bad loss. Um, I was I was angry about that loss, frustrated about that loss, but it was one of those they they just they just played a bad game. Well, but you know what? They played a bad game against the 49ers, but there was more on the line it felt like, and they knew that and they just they just couldn't get out of their own way and they dug themselves too deep a hole. And now they're in an even deeper hole when it comes to the rest of the rest of the season. We'll get into that more on Monday when we look at what this loss did to the Broncos' playoff chances. Certainly, I would say they're on life support right now, and I would call next Saturday's game against Cleveland an elimination game. Yeah, I mean, it, this one, to me, feels like an elimination game. I know they theoretically have a mathematical chance still at 9-7, and seven, but uh, it, it's hard not to see what happened today around the league and and then realize, you know, it's just going to take so many breaks for them to, to find a way in. And take some upsets, I, things, some results yeah. that we don't expect to see happen. Like, That's right. Like Baltimore, That's right. for example, Baltimore would have to lose a couple of games, and the Steelers would have to lose a couple of games. Now, the Steelers are struggling, and certainly anything could happen with the Steelers. I think now your best hope is the Steelers just – go in the tank the rest of the way but uh yeah realistically it's a prayer right now and the yes. broncos did it to themselves oh 
100%. I mean, and then Miami wins today. Uh, the Titans, of course, won on Thursday nights. The uh, Colts won today. I mean, it wasn't the worst day <laughs> for the Broncos, but it was about as bad as it could get. Yep, and we'll get into that more Monday morning. First and 10 at 10, Orange and Blue 760. Ryan Edwards and I will be joined by Steve Atwater. Interested to hear Steve's breakdown of some of the things that went wrong in terms of covering George Kittle. You know that Steve's going to have some things to say about that, being a former safety and understanding coverage is better than anyone on the air in Denver. So we'll hear from him. We'll get that breakdown. We'll throw our hats, I'm sure, and uh, try to figure out what's next for the Broncos after a crushing 20-14 to loss to the previously 2-10 San Francisco 49ers. You can't sugarcoat this. It's bad, bad, bad. For Ryan Edwards, I'm Andrew Mason. We'll talk to you next time. This has been another edition of Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done. We'll see you next time on Horsin' Around.